Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. It is so interesting how the most cruel instrument of death has become the most significant symbol of God's self-sacrificing love. It is not that he chose the cross. I think the host of evil, along with the most intelligent, wicked minds, have chosen this instrument of torture and death for the Son of God. But the love of God transformed it into the most profound symbol of his love for humanity. It is because of this love, of this cross, that we have the holy table. And we have been given the privilege of remembering what took place at the cross about 2,000 years ago and experience that forgiveness of our sins, experience that transformation of our characters, experience the sanctification of our lives, and also experience that sweet anticipation of meeting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the air, Jesus Christ our Savior. This morning, we have a great privilege. Many people don't have. And even those who have it, they don't really think of this very profoundly. I believe that communion is meant to be for every member of our church, for you and for me, a renewing experience. I believe that communion is meant to be like a baptism. When you come to Christ again, and you cast yourself at his feet, and you accept his forgiving grace, and you allow his blood to wash your sins, and accept his spirit to take over control in your life. I believe that these two moments, communion and baptism, are essential for our salvation. And I would like to ask again the Lord's presence so that this morning would be unforgettable. This morning would bring heaven into our hearts. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we are not worthy of this infinite love you have manifested through Jesus on the cross for us. We are not worthy. We didn't ask for it, Lord. We couldn't even been thinking of something, could have been thinking of something like that, and we cannot do something to deserve it. It is out of your initiative. It is the initiative of your wisdom, of your love, and of your grace. And it's so beyond our understanding how can the cross of Christ Forgive, save, and transform even a sinner like me. 
and my brothers and sisters here. But Lord, we need your spirit so that we may understand to the depth this great theme of salvation. And we pray for your spirit this morning so that he will make us understand, make us accept the truth, and make us experience the sweet experience of salvation. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the beginning, the word of God says, in the beginning, God. Before this planet came into existence in the form we read in the Bible about, before life appeared on this planet, before the beauty of the earth was brought into existence, before the man was created, God was there in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this statement is foundational for the whole Bible. If you take this statement away from the Bible, you may get into trouble in understanding how did we come into existence. What is the purpose of our life? Who is the one who was before everything? But praise God for this statement. It is foundational to understand that you are here not by chance, but by a divine purpose. And this statement, my friends, it is the secret. In this statement, we may find the secret of a Christian victorious life. Do you want to be happy in life? Let's understand correctly this first statement of the Bible. This statement tells us that before everything else, it was God. He was, he is, and he will ever be. From everlasting to everlasting, you have a real God, a real person who is above nature, above his creation, and he leads, and he sustains, and he blesses his creation. It was not a chance. It was not something which happened from nowhere, nowhere, with the direction to nowhere. No, it was a God. He always was. There is no beginning for the Lord, and there is no end for God. He is, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The creation, whatever we see, whatever we feel, whatever we, we know, it is a consequence of God who was there in the beginning. I believe that the majority of people who live on this planet, they would like to have both the heaven and the earth. And honestly, it is not something wrong. I believe that the Lord has planted the desire for heaven in our hearts since our birth. And I believe that because we are 
established on this earth, the Lord would like us to enjoy the life on this earth to its full, to the fullness. But the question is, do people set the Lord in the beginning, in their life? Because heaven and the earth can never be mine unless the Lord is set number one in my life, in the beginning of my life. If anybody wants to have a happy life, he or she must put the Lord in the beginning. If somebody wants to have a life of peace and joy, that person must put the Lord first in the beginning of his life or her life. If somebody wants to have prosperity in life, that person must put the Lord in the place the Lord deserves. Number one. If we want to have good families, happy families, we must have the Lord first in our families. If we want to achieve in life, to, to, to accomplish our dreams, the beautiful dreams, a wonderful education, to be a good citizen, to be a good friend, to be a good brother, to be a good sister, if we want to be healthy, and if we want to live with the hope of, eter an eternal, of eternal life, we must put the Lord first in our life in the beginning. In other words, if somebody would read, would, would uh, uh, write the history of my life, and if we want to have me finishing well, in glory, in victory, there should be a statement in that history that Greg chose God. Put God. God was in the beginning and number one in the life of this man. Without that statement and without the reality of that statement, I will never finish well. Many people are focusing on the earthly things. They live as, as if there is no heaven, there is no hell, there is no reward, there is no punishment. And I would like to give you some examples. Some people believe that possessions are everything. Now, do possession, possessions value? Yes, but possessions without God is equal how much? Zero. Some people are looking for power. Now, does the power matter in life? Surely it matters. It's good to have power. Power of thinking, power, physical power, financial power, emotional power. But what is the value of power without God? Zero. Uh, beauty is important, has value. Even the old people, they will still like to be beautiful. And they will care about themselves, you know? Now, you may choose the most beautiful lady or the most handsome man in the world. How much does value the beauty without God? Zero. 
financial power, mental power, emotional power, possessions, performance, wisdom. You may add one after one, one after one, a beautiful house, a beautiful car, a beautiful uh, degree, beautiful relationships, and you may put zero, 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 zero. I will ask you, and at the, at the end you may say, oh, oh, I forgot about God. And now you have zero, 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 zero. And now you put God one here at the end. How much does all that long Zero, because you can put billions after zeros, and the value is zero. Now, if you take God from here, and you put number one here before these zeros, what is the value of that number now? Millions, trillions, billions. That means with God in the beginning, Amen. the beauty you have, the power you have, the money you have, the education you have, the friends you have, the family you have, the house you have, the children you have, whatever you have has value with God first. After God, whatever you have has value and meaning. But without God, whatever I have means zero. This is why Paul if you open the book in Philippians chapter 3, Paul says that when he met Christ, all the things of the world, all these things I mentioned plus others, gold, silver, money, whatever influence, he considered them like rubbish, nothing, only for the sake of Christ. But if you have Christ and you have money, you can be a blessing to others. If you have Christ and you have a beautiful family, you can be a blessing to others. If you have Christ and you have strength and health and, and a degree, you can be a blessing to others. So the key here is to have Christ first, to have God first in the beginning. My friends, We learn from this verse something which can dramatically, meaningfully change our life forever. If you can follow me, and if by the grace of God, when we leave this place, we don't forget. But we keep the teaching in the mind, and we say, Lord, make it real. We like to apply it. I believe this year would be the best year in our life. Now, the word tells us, and praise God, we don't have a lazy God. We don't have a lazy creator. We don't see God with his hands, you know, like this and not doing anything. The word of God says that in the beginning, God created. He was active in his creation. The word means effort, plan, design, uh, perseverance, consistency, all these beautiful things. People divide somehow in, 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 uh, in two classes. 
some people, they learn that God created, so they will focus on things and doing here and put effort in this and for, uh, uh, pursue a, a degree and buy a house and, you know, friends and meetings and so on and so forth. And they don't put God, they don't have time for God. Where will these people get to? Complete failure. There is another category, and they say, oh, I need to put God in the beginning. So they will pray and study, pray and study, pray and study, study and pray, and not do anything. How do you think will finish these people? Wrong. Wrong, because we are not only for prayer. Who is bringing the food home? Who is knocking on the door looking for a job? Who is uh, going out there? Even, even the birds, the animals will teach us that, okay, the Lord has provided for them, but they will go and do something about it. I read in the Spirit of Prophecy, in the book entitled The Ministry of Healing, that we must live a double life. A life of thought, of thinking, and of action, and a life of silent prayer, and very fervorous and active work. So these two sides, these two components, they bring the, the balance, and they are the, the foundation for growth. Yes, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, prayer, 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 always, uh, the Word of God always, but after that, work diligently and do your part with God's power in your life and you will accomplish, you will have both the heaven and the earth. The word of God tells us that the earth was without, it was in a, in a state of chaos, disorder. And uh, empty that it was, there was no life and also there was darkness covered by darkness so life was not possible in those conditions and the spirit of god was there hovering over the the abyss over the the, the waters and it was the lord who said let there be light and there was light. And whatever the Lord commanded, it came into existence. Which tells us that our creator has power to create. By the word of God, everything came into existence. Which tells us that the, the word of God has infinite power. And when God began to create... The earth without form and empty became one of the most beautiful planets in the universe of God. When the word of God began to work, when the spirit of God began to work, when Jesus Christ, our creator, began to work, this world was filled with the presence of God and beauty and perfection. And when the Spirit of God began to work, when the Word of God was commanded, 
And when Jesus, our Savior, began to work, light covered the entire surface of this earth. Life was perfect when the Word of God was present, when the Spirit of God was present, when Jesus Christ was present. Let me make an application. And I need your attention because it's about my life and your life. The state of this planet before the word of God commanded something. Before the spirit of God did something. Before Jesus did something symbolizes the state of human heart when God is absent. When the Lord is not present in my life, my life is a life of disorder. My life is a life empty of empty. There is no peace, no joy, no hope, no happiness. When Jesus is not present in the life, there is no light. I live in darkness. I don't know exactly where I go. I don't know where am I going to accomplish. And unfortunately, the majority of human beings, they live in a state of darkness, emptiness, and disorder. The only solution for them as well as for us is to have the creator in the beginning of the life is to allow Christ to come into the life, is to accept the Spirit of God to illuminate the life. Christ in you gives meaning to life, gives power to life, gives happiness, gives joy, gives hope, gives everything. Amen. I uh, know the story of this very rich man. Very rich. People in his country trembled at the pronunciation of the name of this man. And one time he invited one of my heroes, a great man of God, a great evangelist. He's still working for the Lord. I met him last week at the meeting we, we had with the pastors for about uh, three, four days. I, I met him again. So that rich man one time invited this pastor to have a lunch with him at one of the most luxurious restaurants in, in, that, in that country. And he said, Pastor, you, you know me? He said, yeah, I, I, know, I know a little bit about you. I heard about your name. I know he, was, he is a famous man, or was. And uh, he said, I have everything. If you want uh, to go somewhere in the world, I don't need, you don't need to go to the airport or to have a, a flight. I have my own airplane. Uh, you know that uh, people who are very rich, they are immoral people. Because, you know, they unite riches with sensuality. I am a very faithful husband. 
I have only one, my, one wife and that's it. And I'm faithful. I, I, have, I have never... Uh, uh, yes, my wife. Second, you know how rich people, great leaders, uh, deal with their, uh, the people who work with them, for them? They treat them like they are slaves. My people, they look at me like a, a, like a father. I'm interested in the good of their family. I go beyond the relationship I have with them as, you know, as leader or boss with his uh, uh, employees. And they love me. And he mentioned others and other things, other things. But he said, Pastor, oh, you know how are the children of, of rich people? The majority of them are drug addicts. They are out there in the world without future. All my children are professionals. So the pastor, he was thinking where he wants to take me. I said, Pastor, when I go to bed, I'm empty. What do I lack? I cannot sleep. Now I take five pills every night to be able to enjoy some sleep. What do I lack? But one thing he said, don't try to make me a member of your church. And don't tell me about Jesus. The pastor said, but you know I am a pastor. He said, yeah, I, I know you are a pastor. So the pastors cannot speak about other things? They, they, they don't know anything else but the, 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 the Bible? He said, I can speak. I can speak about, about uh, politics, uh, economy, uh, history, uh, sports, I can speak maybe about whatever you, you want, but you told me that you lack something. So if I speak about these things, you have them, and they didn't fill your life. So I need to tell you about what I believe you lack. But you see how this man symbolizes a great number of people. They would like to have the heaven. They would like to have the earth. They would like to have peace and joy and hope, but without God and without being part of a church that really has the truth. Have you ever been empty inside, my friend? Did you ever see that you had almost everything you needed, but something was missing in the heart? I'm telling you, we were created by God in a way that can never change. The Creator created us for order. If I live a life without order, I live a life for which I was not created. I cannot be happy if everything is disordered in my life. Lack of order. Second, God created me and created us with the heart in which Him has the first and the most important place. 
If God is not in my heart, I cannot be happy. Another lady will not feel that empty spot in my, in my heart. Another person will not, replay, will not be able to meet that profound need. A marriage, a degree, a car, a, an empire, whatever you want, you name them, cannot fill that place. It is for God only. And if people, if material things or pleasures are filling that place, that empty part becomes a hole, a hole you cannot see at the end. I, uh, I know this, uh, this story uh, in one of the countries in Latin America. I forgot the country. There was this young lady who was Miss... Uh, that country and for the Miss Universe uh, 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 yes she was number nine so number nine in the world but number one in that country for, for years and this uh, this man this young man had the chance to win the heart of that lady so this pastor I'm talking about, he married them. And uh, after two or three years, they were in the church. They were Christians. In the night, the pastor got a call from the, from the, from the young husband. Now they had one or two children and said, Pastor, please come and speak with my wife or come or give a call because you are the only person I believe she will listen to. But what happened? She discovered me with another woman. And uh, she wants to divorce. But the pastor said, but I, I don't understand. You have the most beautiful woman in your country. I mean, everybody, humanly speaking, will think like this. Oh, if you have that person, you'll be happy forever. You'll never look for another person. You'll never be tempted to do anything immoral. And the guy had it, said, tell me, explain. He said, Pastor, I can't. I can't explain. I love her. I love my children. But this is what I'm doing. But now he wants to stop. And he believes that the only person this beautiful lady will listen to is the pastor she admires so much. Why these examples? Usually people are thinking of persons, other persons, to make them happy. They think of pleasures because they believe that more pleasure, more pleasure eventually will take you to a place of happiness. They think of possessions, material things. The more you have, you believe the happier are going to be. They think of their performance, so it can be power, it can be physical power, or, or wisdom, or degrees, or, you know, you have people in the high places. But the reality is that if God is not in the heart, all these things or people will not make you happy. And eternal life, my life, 
hinges on this, on God. There is no eternal life without God. And without a real relationship with him. Now the third thing is this. Is darkness. There is spiritual darkness over the face of this earth now. I believe only before the flood was maybe the world darker than this time. I believe maybe during the time of Jesus' first coming, because I read if Jesus had not come at that time, the world would have perished by itself. So much immorality, so much violence, so much uh, um, uh, spiritualism that practically without the coming of Jesus, the world would have committed suicide. Yeah. But now we are getting there. It's uh, spiritual darkness, immoral darkness. The body of human beings is a place where the devils dwell and sickness and all this media with movies and internet and pornography and, and games and money and whatever you name it makes the spiritual darkness so dark that practically we don't know where we go to. And at this time, we need the light of the presence of God with us. Just in the beginning, the Lord said, let there be light. And that was through his word, through his presence, through his spirit, and through the presence of his son, Jesus Christ, we need now the word of God, the presence of the spirit of God, and the presence of Christ in us so that we may see. Otherwise, believe me, we believe, we see, but we don't see. We are like blind people believing that we know and we see clearly. Only God, who is light, can illuminate the darkness, the darkness in my life. Don't dare to move on in life without that. In uh, our church, I am committed this year to give more time, more of my energies in the hope that we somehow embrace these elements, these blessings our dear Lord and God Jesus Christ so willingly wants to give us. So I am calling the church, when you take this book, at the end of this book you have a reading plan of the Bible and the five books of the Great Controversy series. I'm inviting you, I'm, 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 I'm urging you in the name of Jesus, let's take the word of God seriously. We cannot be illuminated only from here. It's not enough. We pray that any time we come to church, we are, we are somehow amazed at what the Lord is telling us, teaching us, but it is not enough. We must eat for ourselves at our home. And please take seriously 
it helps sometimes it's good to have a plan because after a while you get lost we have 12 days maybe some of us are behind it's not too late to catch up you know on, on the, the spiritual things the reading plan for the five books it is wonderful believe me if we read the bible this year and if we read the five books with prayer and meditation they will change us forever we will never be the same because it is like in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth he creates the heaven in my mind and he makes me a light on this earth friday evening i dedicated from 7 o'clock to 8 8 15 for our church and i invite whoever can whoever wants trying to do something more than we did it we'll we begin with this book by the way for the for this coming friday evening is the second chapter of this book it's simple take a look there is there are questions and the questions send you to one of the five books to find the answer and you meditate and you understand and you pray and you know more than the majority of christians know in the afternoon i talk with the youth department we will not have too much time to get back here at 3 30 and i also need to go to a sick person with the communion so uh, the ay will begin the program at five o'clock and from four o'clock to five o'clock at the bible study i invite you to bring this book and we'll, we began but we didn't go too far Be, bring this book you have it spiritual bodybuilding i gave it to you like one month ago if if not okay if those of you who had not but make a little effort look at your home those of you who have not been here i have for the other ones so you'll have it this will teach us how the church was brought into existence and what is the purpose of the church and how can we be a real church and i have other materials uh, which with the board will decide when and how we implement them i'm even ready to come and i'm telling here this divine hour if the church decides so every sabbath morning like nine o'clock i can be here for 30 or 45 minutes for a, another special material which i have and all these can help us maybe that is not the best uh, uh, solution but i'm giving you different uh, options so that you may be thinking and we'll decide together what i'm saying is this what i want to say is this when god was not involved on this planet creating the planet was a chaos empty without form and in darkness if god is not directly involved in my life actively involved i am a body of darkness i am empty inside and nobody can really meet my needs but i'm looking around for that person for that place for that material thing until i lose everything but when christ is present 
and is accepted, really accepted, things change. This story may tell us more. Santiago, this is the name, which is a beautiful name, uh, uh, has spiritual meaning. Santiago was uh, a 22-year-old man, married, and he was waiting for his first baby to be brought into the world. And the doctor opened the door, and he came with a beautiful baby, and he took the baby in his arms and said, Son, I promise you, I give my word to you, you'll be rich, you'll have everything in life. Now, I didn't have everything. But I'm committed to do for you what few children have on this planet. And Santiago began to work hard. And he became the most successful, number one person in his city in selling, uh, selling cars. And he became a millionaire. And he kept his word. His child, Santiago, had everything. Riches, houses, cars, but he didn't have the presence of the father in his life that way it was necessary. So exactly 22 years after that, 22 years, the Santiago Junior was number one wicked young man in the city and the police couldn't catch him. I don't want even to say what that man was into. But one of the things, drugs. One day he came home, like half under drugs influence, half aware of what was going on in the world. And he said, Daddy, give me some money. Now the father knew that the, the young man would use the money for drugs, to buy drugs. He said, listen, I, uh, I gave you everything. You have a place here. But I cannot give you money for drugs. And he took a, a, a knife in his hand. And he took his little sister of 12-year-old, little sister, and put that knife here. And he said, give me money or I'll kill your daughter. No, the father said, listen, she's not only my daughter, she's your sister. And, uh, you know, but the guy was, yeah. So the father said, okay, I'll give you money. Don't worry, don't, yeah, I'll give you money. And in a moment of lack of attention, he grabbed a knife from his son's hands, but the knife apparently dropped on the floor, and the two began a fight for the knife. Darkness came over the mind of the father, because when he saw that horrible young man with a knife ready to, to, to kill the daughter, he is like he lost his mind. So in the fight for the knife, ended up 
with a knife in the heart of the young man. The father didn't plan that. He called the police, he called the, the hospital, whatever he could. And now he was before in the same hospital where 22 years ago he would promise to his son everything. He was, he was waiting in the hope that the doctor would come out and say, he's okay, we saved him. But the doctor opened the door and said, I'm sorry, your son is dead. We couldn't save him. Now, the police was very straight with him, said, listen, you did a service to us. First, we know you didn't want to kill him. You practically saved the life of your daughter. But to be honest with you, you did a great service. Because this was the, the most terrible young man in the city. So you are free. You don't owe us, owe us anything. You are free. But how can a father be free? To make the long story short, in 10 years, uh, I think the name, I think it was Salvador, not Santiago, because I remember the, the spiritual meaning, Salvador. Both the father and the son, Salvador name. But you may even have the name of the, the Savior. Salvador means Savior. But if you don't have the Savior in the heart, you are in darkness. In 10 years, Salvador lost his family. He practically left the family. He lost his company. And he became an alcoholic. By using alcohol, he would forget about what happened with his son. And not only that, he became the most famous beggar of the whole city. He will beg for another dollar to go to drink a little bit more so that he would be in a state of forgetfulness. Ten years, he lost everything, everything, everything. He was like the form in the, 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 the plan in the beginning, without form, void, and full of darkness. One Friday evening, uh, some Seventh-day Adventist churches, I would say most, in my country you have service Friday evening. You have service Sabbath morning, and you have service Sabbath afternoon. So one Friday evening, in the winter time, Salvador, dying of cold, he, he would see this church open and he would go into in the hope that he'll get a little warm environment. But the man of God was preaching the word. The word of God was preached similar to the way the Lord used his word to create. And in the sermon, the man addressed the needs of people who were in front of him. And he promised that if they accept Christ in their lives, Christ would change them. In the word of God, it was promised that the light of Christ will illuminate the dark mind. And the Lord would bring peace and hope and transformation. And at the end, an appeal was made. 
those of you, said the pastor, who'd like to give your life to Christ, to accept him as personal savior, come forward. And the first one who responded, it was Salvador coming like this, you know, he, he practically was trembling and, 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 and people would look smiling and believing that he doesn't know what he does. But a little bit of Salvador's mind was like that mind maybe a demon-possessed man who came to Jesus and said, give me a break, go away. But Jesus looked into the heart of that demon-possessed and saw that he was crying for help. So Salvador was sincere and he accepted Christ. Friends, if you go now, I think the city is El Ponte de Blanco, something like that. He is the elder of the church, a Seventh-day Adventist church. And his, his uh, company, he began the same company, is one of the most successful in the city. And he is maybe a millionaire at this time. Do you see that the word of God still has power today? Christ still fills the empty part of our life if we accept him. The Holy Spirit still illuminates the darkness of our minds. No matter what is your situation. No matter what you have done in your life. No matter how deep is the darkness. No matter the desperation, the depression, the hopelessness. Give a chance to Christ, the creator of the world. Say yes to Jesus today and at the beginning of this new year. But in a special way, say, Lord, I don't want to live like that anymore. I'm still at the beginning of this new year and I want to put you number one in my life. Because the word of God says, it is not the wise, it is not the rich, it is not the, the strong one, it is not the beautiful one, but it is the one who has the knowledge that I exist and that I am a wonderful God. And Jesus said, seek first God, seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things will be added to you. This is the, the appeal I would like to make before we go and wash each other's feet as the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us. Before we take communion, I would like to make an appeal to put God first in your life, in our life today. I would like to make an appeal to all say to Jesus, Jesus, come, come into my heart. Come, Lord, and stay in my heart forever. I may not have as much as I would like on this earth. I may lose friends. I may lose 
whatever other positions, but I don't want to lose you. At the beginning of this new year, if you accept Jesus, the creator, he always comes through his Holy Spirit, and he always comes through the word of God. And if you plan to take the word seriously, and if you plan to surrender your life to the Holy Spirit every day, and if you plan to accept Christ and allow him to live in you the hope of glory, I promise you, you will not live in darkness. You will not live a life of desperation or depression. The things which are not going well in your life today will be changed. Christ will give you health. Christ will give you peace. Christ will give you the hope of eternal life. Christ will give you the light of his presence. Christ will make you a blessing on this dark planet. Amen. Would you like to experience this? Would you like to accept the creator to be in the beginning of this new year and in the beginning of everything else in your life? If you like to do that, I would like to invite you to come forward so that we may kneel before him and accept him to be number one and forever remain number one in our hearts. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever address him in his presence daily. Live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege you have given us to come before you and accept you into our lives so that you may transform us, you may redeem us, you may bless us, and you may use us for your glory and for the blessing of others. Father, we are at the beginning of this new year, and we have been inspired by the Word of God, which says that in the beginning God created. Lord, we like to put you in the beginning in our lives, before everything else, before wife or husband or children or degrees or personal needs, even before uh, sickness, before uh, uh, fundamental needs, before uh, dangers, before everything else, even before heaven. We like to put you first. And we like to honor you, giving you not a little bit of our time or a little bit of our energies or a little bit of our body. We give all to you, Lord. Mind, heart, soul, body, time, energies. And we pray 
that you'd perform a miracle this morning in our lives here in saving grace for us as well as for our our beloved uh, guests you perform a miracle lord to somehow bring order divine order in our life without order you bring lord your presence because without you we are empty and also you bring your holy spirit because without him we are in darkness father as we prepare for the communion we pray that you forgive all our sins we pray lord that you cleanse us of all our unrighteousness and if there is an evil spirit that is has some place in our mind or heart or home we pray cast him away we don't want to have anything with the evil one and we don't want to have the world in our hearts we want to have only christ lord we need in our church to see that god works we have been trying more or less but it seems like we don't get what you have promised in the word of god so we pray that this year we have god in us the spirit of the lord in us the christ in us the word of god in us and all this along with your holy angels will make us fruitful and faithful we like to see this small church being a blessing for the community for our friends and for our family members father just as you transform salvador from a beggar a man who lived in darkness and with a sense of guilt overwhelming him just as you transform him again into a, a son of light please do that with us father please do that with that with us because your word still has power and we embrace your word and you embrace your promises and you like to do what jesus said seek first god the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all the other things will be given to you this is what we set up for lord this is what we decide and we pray that by your spirit you'll make more than we have been trying to say this morning for the glory of god the father the son and the holy spirit amen thank you for listening to today's message we are always encouraged to know how god is working through this ministry to touch lives if you have a story to share of how god is working in your life please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org as the holy spirit impresses you you may also support this ministry financially by visiting SavingGraceSDA.org.